Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would think about the role that you've given to us, that you have a plan for our lives, and we pray that we would fulfill that plan, that we would accomplish your purpose for us. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. 1 Corinthians 11. Become imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you that you remember me in all things, and just as I handed over to you the traditions, you hold fast to them. But I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of the woman, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies while having something on his head dishonors his head, But every woman who prays or prophesies with uncovered head dishonors her head, for she is one and the same with the one whose head is shaved. For if a woman does not cover herself, let her hair be shorn off. But if it is shameful for a woman to have her head shorn or shaved, let her cover her head. For indeed a man ought not to cover his head because he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. For man is not from woman but woman from man. For indeed, man was not created for the sake of the woman, but woman for the sake of the man. Because of this, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head, on account of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is woman anything apart from man, nor is man anything apart from woman in the Lord. For just as the woman is from the man, thus also the man is through the woman, but all things are from God. You judge for yourselves, Is it fitting for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? And does not nature itself teach you that a man, if he wears long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But a woman, if she wears long hair, it is her glory, because her hair is given for a covering. But if anyone is disposed to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For indeed, it is necessary that there be factions among you, in order that those who are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when you come together in the same place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For when you eat it, each one of you goes ahead to take his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunk. For do you not have houses for eating and drinking? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who do not have anything? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I will not praise you. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a person examine himself, and in this way let him eat from the bread and let him drink from the cup. 
For the one who eats and drinks, if he does not recognize the body, eats and drinks judgment against himself. Because of this, many are weak and sick among you, and quite a few have died. But if we were evaluating ourselves, we would not be judged. But if we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined, in order that we will not be condemned with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together in order to eat the Lord's Supper, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And I will give directions about the remaining matters whenever I come. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. Paul now turns to some issues that the Corinthians had in the way they were worshiping together. The first issue is sometimes called the head covering. Different Christians have come to different conclusions about what this means for us today. Paul starts out by stating that Christ is the head of man, and man is the head or husband of the woman. Then he says that God is the head of Christ, meaning God the Father. So there is an authority order here, God the Father, Christ the Son, man, woman. Because of that, he says, man should not have his head covered when praying or prophesying, and a woman should have her head covered when praying or prophesying. He says it would be disgraceful for a man to have long hair or for a woman to have her head shaved, and the head covering is the same. Paul gives some background to the order of man then woman by reminding them that man was created first and then woman was created out of man's rib in Genesis chapter 2. Finally, he says it should be obvious to them. Verse 13, You judge for yourselves. Is it fitting for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Then Paul switches to another problem they had in their assembly. The way they were eating the Lord's Supper was not good. It seems that they were dividing up and bringing their own food from home and eating it at separate times. Back in chapter 10, Paul had stressed the idea of unity in the Lord's Supper. Verse 17, Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all share from the one bread. So, the primary issue here is that they were divided in the way they were taking the Lord's Supper instead of being united. Verse 18, For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For indeed it is necessary that there be factions among you, in order that those who are approved may become evident among you. It is likely that Paul is using sarcasm in saying that you have to have divisions so that it can be obvious who is approved. If we all act the same, how will everyone know that I'm better than others? So how can the Corinthian Christians really be remembering Jesus when they are not treating each other properly? Paul says this is very serious, verse 29. For the one who eats and drinks, if he does not recognize the body, eats and drinks judgment against himself. Because of this, Many are weak and sick among you, and quite a few have died. Even if he just means spiritual sickness, this is incredibly serious. So he concludes that they need to consider each other when they are eating the Lord's Supper. And now for a deeper dive. Christians have come to different conclusions about how the head covering applies to us today. Generally, they fall into two categories. The first one would be, it is a command for us today. The second would be, it is not a command for us today, but just a principle of headship. The easiest way to take it is just to say that it applies to us today. And if that is your understanding, then that is the way you should proceed. Men should not cover their heads in worship, and women should cover their heads in worship. 
The other view, that it does not apply to us today, requires more thought. I have heard two arguments for why it does not apply directly to us today. One is, if the prophesying is connected with the praying, then this only applies when speaking by a spiritual gift. And if we don't have that gift now, then this doesn't apply to us. So, this view is suggesting that it is the woman herself doing the praying and prophesying. The other argument, that it does not apply directly to us today, is to say that it is a cultural practice of their day. And since it is not in our culture, it does not apply directly to us today. One argument for this view is that this is the only place in the Bible where head covering is discussed. I think we should all agree that Paul's basis of authority that he is describing still applies. But how specifically it applies in our situation is where we may not agree. Actually, God the Father being head over Christ isn't something we spend much time talking about. But Jesus obeyed the Father, and the Bible clearly teaches that the Father is over Jesus. In America today, we tend to have a problem with the idea that the man is the head of the woman. But we don't tend to have a big problem with having a boss at work, as long as he is giving us a paycheck. God gave different people different roles in this world. And even among God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, there are different roles. And that isn't a bad thing. So, am I showing in my actions the appropriate attitude to the role God has given me? Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.